Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Wow. They did not stop talking. It's exhausting. It's the Bob and Sherry Show <laughs> with Bob. Why don't you give the storytelling a rest and try something else? And Sherry. <laughs> she looks like a wooden doll you'd find in an Eastern European toy shop. And now broadcasting <laughs> from the palatial Bob and Sherry studios, it's Bob and Sherry. This story is so funny. All right, so uh, check this out. I'm, I'm watching TV the other day. <laughs> On comes this ad. For a product called the Monster Zapper. Have you seen it? No. Oh, you gotta see it. It opens up. Do you have a lot of insects in your house? And there is a guy who is being attacked by the largest bugs you've ever seen. And he's swatting at him. He's, he's got a magazine. He's got a fly swatter. They're just attacking him, attacking him. You need the Monster Zapper. And they show you the Monster Zapper. And it's one of those things that the bug gets near it. Like a bug light, blows yeah. up. But this is a big zapper. And then they go to the next person who's suffering, and it's an older lady. And the bugs are just, there's like, honest to God, on the screen, there must be 75 bugs attacking her. <laughs> she's got a broom, and she's, so, and she's swatting the bugs with a broom. Then they go to, an, it's a couple, and they're in bed. They're in bed with their pajamas on, trying to watch TV. All of a sudden, they're attacked in their bed. You need the monster zapper. I was absolutely howling. I'm thinking, are you people leaving, like, raw garbage in your home? Is the dog going in the bedroom? Goat carcasses. <laughs> it is so over the top. But I have to tell you, it got their point across. Should it we get the people shopper of... to review the yes. monster zapper? Let me make myself... Don't... It's know. just that you've got to have a, a house with a lot is of Is it a bugs. handheld thing? No, 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 no. no. You, you, he may not have enough bugs in his That's house. the only I'm thing. I'm not sure anybody. I'm not sure a slaughterhouse has enough bugs. <laughs> it, it's unbelievable, the attack. It's like locusts coming at these people in their home. And it's one person. At, they covered everyone. Young people, older people, couples. I've always thought one of the most fun jobs you could have in TV would be to be on the crew to write and produce those commercials. Those over the top. You know, like the one with the ear thing. Ow! Yeah, like, exactly. It would be so fun to do those. Because I think there's some sort of a formula that the agency gives you if you're the creative person saying, don't be subtle. Yeah, whatever we're, the we're problem not is, selling blow it gray up. Poupon here. Go over the top. So no matter what it is, go over. And that's what they did. They went over the top. I mean, it's called the Monster Zapper, right? So with just the name alone, you know, you know who you're going for. People who, for whatever reason, 
have a bunch of bugs in their house all the time. You know what? These people might need to buy even more than they need screens? to buy the Monster Zapper windows. Yeah, windows with yeah, if screens. You, if you cover your windows with yeah, something. I know. That's what I found. I mean, once in a while you get a fly or something in I'm your re- house. But I'm holy reading s- the review. It's very noisy. It scares the hell out of my dog. It, 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 oh, it is loud. Yeah. What is uh, it? Uh, like, on the TV ad. You, what is it? What do you mean it's loud? What does it's, it? When, when the bug is zapped, there's like a... And, and if you have that many bugs and you got it in the bedroom, you're hearing that all night long. It does seem I to could be effective, sleep. though. Is, is that what yeah, the, people, the people are saying that? People say it's effective, but if noisy I, and scares the dog. If I lived where they had those flying cockroach palmetto bugs. Oh, yeah, yeah. I might. I might you look, might think of getting that? Those To me, those are like the nightmare of the insect world. Yeah, but I mean, they're not getting in your house, really. They're outside most of the time. What are you doing? You live in the south. You, you live in the... The windows open in the summer? It, you can't guarantee that they won't come in your house. And they're attracted to light colors. I had one, um, where was I? I think I was in Orlando. I was wearing a white t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, whomp, one of them slammed into my chest. Yeah, and they're I pretty still big. have like, yeah. oh God, I'm triggered. I'm all like, oh, <laughs> I can't. You need the monster zapper. I do need the monster zapper. <laughs> I guess, you know, I suppose if you had a porch or something, you could leave it yeah, out there, a yeah. covered a it, covered porch. The, the one review says, despite the fact they say indoor, outdoor, it really should be only be used indoors. Then huh. outdoors, it's not very effective. I so wonder I, why that is. Well, See, because I, it's outside, many bugs outside. Uh, yeah, was, the bugs could get away. Yeah. yeah. I was under the impression, I don't know where I got this notion, but that you shouldn't use a bug zapper because bats eat mosquitoes and you don't want to deprive like the in, the whole like yeah, the circle of life. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to let things kind of be and so everything gets to eat each other and do what you have to, but, you but know, what, what if, it has to do. Suppose you're out, you're not going to go outside all summer long. I mean, there I, we don't spray, but there are people, we have neighbors that spray for mosquitoes to go away. You burn those citronella candles that seemingly don't work they but, don't, you know i don't think they do <laughs> to me those are kind of like those are kind of like tylenol i have a headache yeah oh some tylenol great yeah okay let me burn a citronella candle know it, for the I know bugs it. like they don't seem to work but they're attracted to me i'm one of those people who's no i i'm i agree them. with you the one party that we threw for madison when she was in uh, middle school we had more citronella candles than the the, the townspeople who went after frankenstein yeah. i mean <laughs> It was like daylight you could see at 10 o'clock space. at night, and there were still some damn insects. But I think it's us, Bob. I think that other people are living their lives. They're taking Tylenol, they're burning citronella candles, and everything's and working out for them. Yeah. And it's just, there's something about but us. It's, it's, it must be. I think it is. But how could that us. be? Like, we're not blood-related. How could Tylenol not work for both of us? It's... It's, and then it, um, it works for everybody else. It, these businesses wouldn't last if they were so completely ineffective. Yeah, There's something wrong true. with us. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. If we ever get a filthy lifestyle, I'm getting the monster zapper. Yeah, if we ever start leaving animal carcasses in the living <laughs> yeah. room, I know yeah, where to you turn. You know where to go. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. So I read this thing in the New York Post, and it was the sexiest jobs in the eyes of women and the sexiest jobs in the eyes of men of the opposite sex. And it's the biggest bunch okay. of baloney. It, it's, I looked okay. at it quickly, and we've done these before. This is this is just a bunch of BS. Here's, in the women's eyes, the sexiest jobs for men are bartender, photographer, 
writer, music producer, lawyer, surgeon, stockbroker, hairstylist, chef, and teacher. Now, I say it's a bunch of BS. There are some things there that I guess if you could meet a music producer, probably that's a pretty sexy thing. And some photographers, I think it would be sexy. I don't know what to say about writers. They're usually alone and brooding. Um, But the whole thing about bartenders, they work their butts off. And they have a really stressful, and and when you get down to it, kind of kooky lifestyle. Um, Anybody that's worked in food and veg will uh, know what I'm talking about. Stockbrokers, I don't know, up and down. Hairstylist, you're on your feet all the time. Chef, you're you're just in a hot kitchen. It's and, and the hours are incredibly long. And teacher, the, at I have admiration for anybody who voted for the teacher. That's a hard job, and you know I don't know how much glamour is in it actually. Uh, the ten sexiest jobs for women in the eyes of men: therapist, chef. Once again, too many hours. Doctor, entrepreneur. I don't know what that means. I know what entrepreneur means, but it could be a lot of different uh, occupations. Nurse, fashion buyer, I could see that. That's a sexy job. Dentist, lawyer, teacher, and personal assistant, which personal assistant I think is the least sexy job on that list. Going and getting stuff stuff for somebody people, who's rich. People have an idea about a personal assistant gig, like it's some J-Lo movie. And you're going to be the friend of that person. Yeah. You're like, not. You're, get, you're getting the coffee they want and you're getting the oil change done. I think it was, was it um, Chris Jenner was on Ellen not too long ago talking about what she needs in a personal assistant. And she said, this, side. <laughs> uh, you need to expect to be on call 24 hours a day, seven right. days a week. Right. Oh, really? Do I? I need to really be on call? I mean, come on. Uh, Frank Sinatra's uh, valet which in essence was a personal assistant. Every time something went wrong, I forget what the guy's name was. George. Every every time something went wrong, Sinatra would say, George, you have a problem. <laughs> it wasn't Sinatra's problem. It's George's problem. problem. Here's what I would throw in there as the sexiest job. From a guy's eyes, the sexiest job is a female drummer in a, in a band, a female. There's something about that a does female that for you? drummer. I have you seen Scott Pilgrim versus oh, the yeah, World? Yeah, I love that movie. Which is and, and she's she's love very she's movie. very young. I don't know who the actress is, but she's like 20, 21 years old, and she's the drummer in this in Scott Pilgrim's band. And when she counts off the 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 uh, the, the set, it's she's totally in control, and the drums are kind of an aggressive instrument. Yeah. It's not like a cello. You know, and she's a great drummer. I saw a drummer uh, at a at a beach music festival once, and and she was female, and I couldn't take my eyes off her because you just don't expect it. That's um, that's a little peek into your naughty psyche, because that is naughty. not your usual kind of thing that you'd be rolling in here with. He it's hates when me. drummers sing. Is it okay if female drummers she's sing? No, cute. I don't like that. I don't like. That. I don't want to see a microphone near a drummer. I just don't want to. I want to, you know, you know, give me the backbeat. Let me let's see what you can do. What if they can sing and be really good drummers? Like then Phil they need Collins. to come off the drum kit. Somebody else takes over and she sings lead. Why are you like this? Why are you such a gigantic weirdo? Sometimes I'm not a weirdo. Well, Everyone it, listening to me right now agrees with me. No, they don't. They certainly do. Everyone listening right now is going. How much time do you have, little man? That you come up with these very specific. It's fixations. hard to do that. It doesn't look right. Oh my god. <laughs> 
You're listening to the best of Bob and Sherry. Here we go. It's Bob and Sherry. The craziest. Moronic. Asinine. With morons in the news. The story of Ashe Reeves, who is a 27-year-old woman, is all over Great Britain. Her romance has been studied by people in England for the past few weeks. And here's the story behind the story. She still hasn't met a guy named Darren Martin. He's 24. They uh, became a couple during lockdown online. And uh, Ashe tried to visit him in Michigan, where he lives, but was turned away by U.S. immigration. That didn't stop Darren from proposing via FaceTime. And they married on a Zoom call in a legal ceremony officiated in Utah in 2021. But Ashe claims their relationship quickly fell apart. And in December 2021, she filed for an annulment. The decree absolutely became final just a few months ago. Here's her quote. It felt like I couldn't move on because I was still tied to him. Looking back, it feels like it wasn't real because I hadn't really met him. I was in a little bubble. I got so swept up in getting married that I didn't think about how crazy this was. I've definitely learned not to rush into things. I would not get into something serious without meeting the man first now. When uh, the UK went into lockdown, Ashe joined a Facebook group to find an overseas pen pal, landed with Darren, and the two of them just talked all the time. She actually decided, because there's a five-hour difference in time, to change her sleep schedule so they would be on the same sleep schedule and uh, was hoping to go ahead and meet him and get into the United States, but she did not have a valid passport. And anyway, uh, she started thinking about this and she decided this is crazy. This does not work. It took 15 months for the annulment to be finalized. And finally, Ashe blocked Darren on everything and claims she has heard nothing from him since. She said, and here's the thing, if I were Darren, that would really tick me off. My sister rang me when the letter arrived. When she read it out, saying that the marriage had been annulled, it was a weight lifted off my shoulders. It was mm. almost like I still had a tie to him, and I didn't want it. My feelings mm. for him were 100% real. I wouldn't have gone through it again. I wouldn't have gone through it at all if they weren't. Looking back, I wish we were just friends. And the whole country has been following this thing with the annulment and she finally got it. I would I would feel terrible if I was considered the weight that was lifted off of this woman's shoulders. It's best to not know. It's best to not the know, weight. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> if that's been you, just go that's to your right. grave not knowing that someone right. considers you the weight that was lifted just, off of that. Just, just don't say anything to the press. Everybody, it's in newspapers all over the place oh in England. Oh my God. Did you guys see what happened to the town of Sayreville, New Jersey? This, I love this story so much. The entire town lost power. And that's a bit, especially in a summer this hot. You had a lot of people, you know, nursing homes and people in bad health. They lost their power. It was absolutely horrific. Jersey Central Power and Light had crews working around the clock to restore the power. So mm-hmm. what caused it? Well, 
the police department released a sketch of the perpetrator, a great big bird who dropped a fish it was carrying and the fish landed on the transformer in exactly the right spot to knock power out for the entire town. (laughs) You are kidding me. So the police department released a sketch, an artist sketch of the suspected bird. And then they named, they found the fish fried on the uh, transformer. They named the fish Gilligan. And they also (laughs) offered a memorial for Gilligan. Um, The police department said, quote, please let us not forget the victim in this senseless death. Gilligan was a hardworking family man. He was a father to thousands. (laughs) (laughs) The police department said the suspected perpetrator was last seen flying south. If you see him, do not try to apprehend. Although he isn't believed to be armed, he still may be very dangerous. If you have any information in this case, please contact Detective Long John Silver, who handles all of our fish cases. (laughs) Isn't that wild? I mean that thing so, was that thing was more exact with its dropping than a drone, you know, dropping a bomb on the Russians in, in Ukraine. That's amazing. That bird did a better job of knocking the power out to that city than yeah. if like a prankster had tried to do it with a drone. You're right. That mm-hmm. bird just absolutely nailed it. Nailed That's our it. moron of the day. We'll get that posted up on Bob and Sherry Facebook. It's Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry website. The Oddcast. Contest info. BobandSherry.com. Why do you think bidets have never caught on in the United States? I don't They're know because we're, we are the most hygiene-obsessed people. We really are. Bad. I want one so bad, but we just Same, can't pull brother. the trigger. It's it's just uh, Europeans. I was reading about this the other day. Europeans think that we are just so odd that we have not embraced that. And and by the way, bidets are considered green uh, technology. Instead of uh, if you use a bidet instead of a lot of toilet paper, you'd save 15 million trees a year, billions of gallons of gasoline, uh, not gasoline of water, because it takes a lot of water to process trees. I guess. Um, I just. I can't figure out. And you're right. We are a very clean people. And yet it's just never, it, it's never even been discussed. A, a rich people, some rich people have them. They're getting more They're getting affordable. affordable? Yes, they are. They are. Yeah. You know, I, so, I mean, what do you think? Yeah. I was staying back. at um, a hotel in Vegas for a work thing and the bathroom had a bidet yeah. in it. And I uh-huh. didn't realize that the, that the force of the water was adjustable and the last person who used it must have just come back from sloppy Joe night at Caesars because they had it cranked all the way up. <laughs> so I hit the button. And can I just yeah. tell you, I, I it launched me into the wall and I've never felt fresher. Okay. <laughs> There's the sales line. <laughs> <laughs> Only you could pull that line off. Oh. Well, I want yeah. one though. I'm with Lamar. I want one. Yeah. Do you know I how I know they're? Out. You know how I know they're affordable? Because we gave away oh. a bidet a day in May okay. during the uh, pandemic because people were having problems getting TP. So I forgot about Tony that. wouldn't give away some. 
no. was one of those kills. <laughs> it right. was expensive. Are you yeah, kidding? But these oh. bidets came with a water hose. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. These these were not the Bellagio bidets. But you know yeah, what? Right. Nobody right. using Tony Garcia's bidet got injured. So there's that. There you go. There you go. Yeah. It's right. Bob and Sherry. It's the best Bob and Sherry. <laughs> best, best. You guys kill me. I love you, Bob and Sherry. Oh, thank, thank you so you. much. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, fun size, and more with the free Bob and Sherry app. I've been reading about the dark ages. You know, just in case we're headed that way again, I'd like to be prepared. And I've learned... F- Finishing up that light summer reading, yeah, I see. I've, uh... yeah. <laughs> I've learned a couple of things. You know, you're still the spooky girl you always were, babe. I love that. Never change. And I know there are some consultants out there going, Bob and Sherry, please don't do a break about the dark ages. But what I'm going to tell you... There's some guys on the beach. That woman over there with the dark... What's that? The dark ages she's reading on the beach? There's some stuff that happened in the dark ages, y'all, that you would not want to see come back. And I don't mean picking fleas off each other. Did you know that in media... This is so exciting. In medieval Germany, they had something called divorce by combat. Divorce by combat. Now, for the 51% of us that have been divorced, you're going to be very, very glad that you didn't choose to kick him or her to the curb in medieval Germany because here's what would happen. So we're talking about the 1300s and 1400s, basically. Yeah. So you weren't allowed to just have verbal arguments, and you could not just show up in court saying, "Wouldst thou be goneest?" Mm-hmm. There would be, there was none of that. Mm-hmm. There was a ring, like a boxing ring, and you had to resolve your, the end of your marriage by single combat, no. spouse versus spouse. How, but, how could that? Be? But they, but they had certain allowances to account for the fact that men were bigger and stronger so very bizarre restrictions the husband had to stand in a hole with one hand behind his back and his wife was allowed to run around him with a sack full of rocks no you are making this up i am not making this up it was like being handicapped. Can can I say something? I would have taken that gig rather than my ex's lawyer. Listen, I would have taken a sack this, full yeah. of rocks to my head. All right, just a few shots. I'm fine. Your Honor, how much in alimony? Is there any way we could yeah. fight this out? In the yeah, parking let lot? have her hit me in the head with a sack of rocks. Dang, that's something. Divorced by combat. So, well, what could he do if if he's in the in the hole? He's there? in a hole with one hand behind his back. He can use the other hand to yeah. fend off being walloped yeah. by the sack full of rocks. You know, no matter what, half the time with marriage, you end up guys in the hole, <laughs> one way or the other. Wow. Okay. Here's another fun thing I learned about the Dark Ages. So, of course, back then, if you were poor, the food that you ate was dull. And repetitive and insufficient. Yeah, you had gruel yeah. and porridge. And you might get a little bit of meat, but probably not. You're more likely to get fat or you'd have an old bone you could cook in a pot and make soup mm-hmm. out of or something nasty, right? Who, whoever the advertising agency was back then for gruel, they were doing a terrible job. The I name, mean, right from the name, you the know? The name. But rich people, rich people 
it was food was a way to express wealth and power and status and decadence. Right. And there's this really fascinating book called The Art of Cookery in the Middle Ages, which, you know, no one I just said, no one's going to go read it. But I'm going to tell you something that's in that book that's going to have you going, what? So now remember what I said that. You would have people over to your castle, like you're a squire, mm-hmm. Squire Bob. Right. You have people over to your castle, and the only way you can really impress your guests Food. is by what's on the table. Right. So they would eat anything and everything. They ate swans. The uh, beaver's tail was like a big delicacy. Like the hummingbirds. Like the more exotic and difficult the animal right. was the more they wanted to eat it and then well, that went on for years and years remember we were talking yeah. about how in the 1800s having a pineapple because it was so exotic be became a very big thing with wealthy people you'd invite people over right go ahead so um a trend took off at one point in the dark ages where the wealthy had sort of impressed each other as much as they could with swans and hummingbirds mm-hmm. so then their chefs their cooks began making up foods by combining other foods. And one of the favorites was something called helmeted cock. Helmeted cock. And here's what it once, was. Once again, that same agency could have worked with a slightly better name. <laughs> no, don't stop. Here's what. <laughs> wow. It's not what you think it is. I think Skyping. Doesn't have to be. You have Skyping over there. Yeah, he's ready. Here's what a helmeted cock is. You take a suckling pig and uh-huh. you roast it. Uh-huh. And then you take a rooster uh-huh. that you that you cook, but with its head and its rooster cock-a-doodle-doo red uh-huh. comb thing. The main thing. Just yeah. no feathers. Mm-hmm. And you sew the rooster to the the pig so that when you bring it to the table it looks like a rooster riding a roasted pig and that and roosters of course were called cocks cock fighting that's where that comes from right Um, and if this doesn't make you a vegetarian i don't know what will (laughs) all of your guests would be like oh that's what we're having for dinner wow well, it's quite, I'd have to say, it's quite a presentation. It's a... If it's done well. It's a showstopper. You know what? It's a I mean, that, you compare that to your average casserole, you know, that thing is, that's showbiz. Rich people have yeah. always had a completely different reality from the rest of us. I know it. I know it. I'd have to go through all of that if I were Squire Bob, because evidently... By having a castle is not enough to impress people. No, not then. Everybody, all the squires, all the had, squires castles. had castles. I've got a lot more Dark Ages fun facts, but something tells me that this one ends here because y'all don't look very enthusiastic. Well, I'm not going to get that phrase out of my head all day. <laughs> it's Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to bobandsherry.com. You've got the Bob and Sherry Show, the only show on radio doing exciting content based on the dark ages. And that's because we're so creative, not because it's weird. (laughs) So if you missed it, we just learned about divorce by combat and the delicacy known as helmeted cock, which is a cooked rooster sewn to the top of a cooked pig so that the rooster looks like it's riding the pig like a horse. Rich people are just so decadent. So Bob was saying that it would be better to be rich because peasants ate gruel. And Max did a little research during the break 
And it, according to Wikipedia, historically, gruel has been a staple of the Western diet, especially for peasants. Gruel is often made from millet, hemp, barley, chestnut flour, and even the uh, acorns of certain oaks. And here's a fun thing that you're going to remember. God, that all sounds day. a little. That sounds a little <laughs> crunchy, doesn't Horrible, it? Doesn't it? I mean, I've never understood how squirrels. We're able to do that. That tofu's looking good all of a it sudden. It is. Listen yeah. to this. It says here that um, in the Middle Ages, which is what we're talking about on the Bob and Sherry Show today, uh, the peasant could avoid um, a tithe ex- um, that a was one a, a tithe, like a fee, mm-hmm. won it oh. by the landowner's mill mm-hmm. um, by grinding small portions in a little mortar of home. And then they would simmer that gruel. In a cauldron with water, and that's what they would live off of. I, I just so want you, you to would, imagine you would how have hard to pay, life was. You would have to pay a fee to have to your, have to have the grain. Uh, yeah, yeah, ground for you. Yeah, boy, I tell you what, those landowners—they they, they, they were harsh. On. They were harsh. But here's the thing that you're going to remember. This is I learned this thanks to Max's hard research during the song. <laughs> I learned that um, gruel has been around forever, and it's always been associated with poverty. The word soup comes from the word sop, which meant the slice of bread which you could soak in your gruel. Oh, is that right? Yeah. That's where soup came from. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, and... Once again, it was made out of barley and acorn nuts. Um, it could be made out of acorns if be. you were really in bad shape. And yeah. here's... Here's a final gruel fun fact before we move along to the next medieval um, treat I have for you. I would hate to fight a squirrel for dinner. <laughs> you know, I really would. I'm so lucky. The night that the Titanic sank, yeah. gruel was on the no. third class menu. No, it Those poor wasn't. people had gruel and then they sank to their deaths. Oh in the my North God. Atlantic. So the Irish down below, yeah. that's what they were eating. Oh okay, so God. medieval marriage, mm-hmm. the marriage ceremony that we know today didn't used to exist couples didn't have a formal ceremony they didn't even need permission to get married they could get married just by uttering mutual consent people would get married in the street they'd get married in the pub they'd get married in a hayloft and it became hard to prove who was actually married so in the 12th century it was declared that marriage is a holy sacrament that had to be observed by god oh it used to be like you and i could just be like picking, picking acorns for dinner right Right. Uh, I marry you, yeah. and then we could we would hey, do our thing. It, it may check it into a hotel room a lot easier. Hey, we're married. But wait, the consummation of the marriage, especially among upper class newlyweds, mm-hmm. was not supposed to be. That's spammers calling me. Was not supposed to be private. Um, there were always witnesses to make sure that the marriage was actually consummated. What kind of witnesses? Family members are watching that would, would stand around and watch. Oh my hey, word! It. Hey, look, what's going on over there? Yeah. Oh wow. wow. Some couples would have like drapes around the bed for a little bit of privacy, uh-huh. but this wasn't the case for everybody. And um, uh, people would stand around waiting for them to finish and consummate the act, so they could go to the feast and have rooster riding on top of a pig. <laughs> Don't say the name of it after that last part. Um, I'm giving myself a tip for my restraint. Yeah, very good. First this and then that. It's the best Bob and Sherry. That's the best. You guys kill me. I love you, Bob and Sherry. Oh, thank Thank you so much. 
Give us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. So Max um, came across something really fascinating because it's it's a thing that everyone listening has heard, but none of us knew that it had a name. So bring mm-hmm. us the Wilhelm scream, Max. So I heard about this recently on a podcast called 20,000 Hertz. And so this is where I got the idea that I wanted to share this. And if you want to, that's a, it's a great podcast. Anyhow, what is the Wilhelm scream? Ah! Okay, you heard that? Okay, that yeah. is the uh-huh. Wilhelm scream. Where did that come from? Well, years ago, back in like 1950, Warner Brothers would record somebody doing the scream. And so this scream was for a movie called Distant Drums. And so this is what the recording session sounded like, because a guy had to have his leg eaten by an alligator. So man getting bit by an alligator and he screams. Okay, quiet. Hey, quiet. Do it out for me. Okay, right? Ah! Ah! <laughs> the first one you did up here was much better. <laughs> oh! I did like that. No, no, not an owl. A real scream pain. Ah! ah, so there it is. He finally there got it is. money. So, yeah. In the money. movie Distant Drums, this is what it sounded like. Because the actor doesn't, a lot of times in movies, they whatever the actor's doing, they, they call it sweetening. So they go in and put sound effects in and after, after the fact. Well, what's the idea with the whole Wilhelm part of this? Well, the Wilhelm part of this is it showed up in a movie called The Charge at Feather River, and this is Private Wilhelm getting shot by an arrow. Ah! <laughs> oh my gosh, it's exactly the same. It's exactly the I same. I heard the arrow. Because I heard making, the arrow. They were making so many uh, of these movies, it was cheaper to do that. Well... The Wilhelm scream has shown up in so many different things because it's kind of an inside Hollywood thing. So Mm -hmm. it showed up in the movie The Wild Bunch, The Green Berets, The Land of Pharaohs. Okay, so those are some old movies. How about the fact that Steven Spielberg and George Lucas both loved them so much, they put it in Star Wars, (laughs) Indiana Jones, and the Temple of Doom. Toy Story, Hercules, Pirates of the Caribbean, Super Mario Brothers, Kill Bill, because Quentin Tarantino comes along and goes, what is that? And and so, in fact, Quentin Tarantino was filming something. The old movie that it came from with Private Wilhelm was on, and Quentin Tarantino says, I will stop production to watch this part of the movie when it comes on live TV. That's how into it it was. So it's shown up in Lethal Weapon, Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, Kung Fu Panda. Okay? Those are movies. How about TV shows? It showed up on Chuck, Maverick, The X-Files, Family Guy, of course, Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, Once a Time, uh, on and on and on that it has been used. In fact, what I'm going to do is play a little bit of what this sounds like in context uh, with some of the movies that it's been involved in, including oh, Batman and that sort of thing. Now, you may not recognize exactly. This is Batman. Howard the Duck. This is Family Guy. <laughs> this is Indiana Jones. 
Wars. This is Jurassic Park. This is Toy Story. Okay, so you've heard it in these. Yay, well who, done. Who did this scream? All right, who, who did this? Well, yeah. so what they did is they went back and found some information on this old session that Warner Brothers did. And then they asked the widow of this man and said, did he ever do this? And she said, yeah, he did that sort of stuff all the time. Now, you may know him as an actor from many old movies. In fact, he's in one of my all-time favorite movies, Hoosiers. He plays the principal. The guy's name is... Sheb Woolley, and you may know him from this. It was a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple no. people eater. Yes. <laughs> yes. You are kidding me. One-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. Sure looks strange to me. And that is the darndest thing. The story well of the Wilhelm scream. Well, that is the I coolest. Did he get any uh, royalties every no. time that was uh-uh. used? Uh-uh. No. They, they, you know, you sort of did that as a one-off and you were paid because it was done yeah. originally for one of those movies. And they just went, yeah. well, this is pretty good. Let's keep on reusing it. And so That is a great that story. That is the coolest, that is such Max. A great story. That is that amazing. I'm yeah. going to hear that now. Now I'll hear the Wilhelm <laughs> scream the next time it's in a movie. I'll be listening for it in every movie. <laughs> it's Bob and Shane. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. Here's another thing I never I never regret spending money on. A really good pizza. You know, after That's two or three truth. pieces of that, I never say, whoa, I wish I hadn't bought that really good pizza. And that doesn't cost that much. You know, That's the truth. Well, you know what? Just a really good meal in general, whether it's pizza yeah. or cheeseburger, whatever it is. I never complain about that at mm, all. Mm, mm. That's right. I'm trying to think of some other things that don't cost that much where I where they buy me happiness. You know what I did last last summer when um Olivia and Karamia and I took our annual girls trip only? We went to Philadelphia and the girls were determined. They'd seen it on, you know, I don't know, the sweet life of Zach and Cody or whatever. They were determined to have room service. And I said, Now you understand room services, we're eating pancakes in the room. Right. There's you know, there's no like nothing will be set on fire. There's no tri- Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I, I wanted to make sure they knew what I was paying for. Because you will pay out the ass for those pancakes it's to be served on your bed. how much they charge. They, you know, they put on these uh, t- uh, room tax service Gr- charge. Right, and then they and then they charge. stand there and they want a tip too. Yeah. So, I, I once I made it clear, you understand that that's yes, mommy. We want room service. We want room service. I said, okay. Well, we we said it. We designated a time and a day that we were going to have room service, and we uh, we went swimming in the hotel pool, came back up, showered. We all put on hotel bathrobes. All three of us. And the room service came, and you would have thought I had taken those two kids to the moon. They love it. And it was the most expensive meal I, don't even I have know ever paid for. The knock on the door, and the girls are sitting there, and they're yeah. drowning in these bathrobes. Right. And the waiter comes in, and um, he says, good evening, ladies. And Karamia said, we'll have our room service right here. <laughs> 
<laughs> to the manor born. And he um he had because I'd ordered two kids' meals. So in addition yeah. to the kids' meals, two balloons came up mm-hmm. and he referred to the late to the girls as madam. Would the young madam like her balloon on the tray or <laughs> and you can leave my balloon there. Right. <laughs> it ended up being the most fun. But yeah, why do they jack you like that on room service? Because why, why, it's why? Because it's another way, it's another revenue stream, believe me. They just don't make it up downstairs. I, the corporation has figured that before out. They, before they ate it, I peeled their waffle yeah. open to see if it was yeah. made out of $50 bills. Yeah. It was yeah. insane. It's because you're relaxed, too, because let's face it, you're used to you know syrup in the bed, right? Mm. Am I right about that? It's not a problem. Yeah, you, you can work with that. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you're listening to the best of Bob and Sherry. It's stuff you won't hear on the show. The Bob and Sherry Podcast on the Bob and Sherry app. Well, if you listen to the show all the time, you know that Sherry is quite a reader. And uh, sometimes, you know, she's just going on and on about these books that she's reading. And she makes me feel less as a person because I don't read as many books as she does. And she's at it again. She's got she's just bought a brand new book. Tell the people what you're reading now. Bachelor Nation Inside America's Guilty Pleasure. <laughs> you guys. Is this I, a real book? This is a real book. It's uh-huh. by Amy Kaufman. And the book is so detailed that ABC TV has banned her. She's a film writer with the Los Angeles Times. She's from Boston originally. Um, so, and she's a really good writer. The book, like, I'm, first of all, I put it on my iPad so that no one would see me actually turning the pages. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm a little bit ashamed. You do want to put it up in the, uh, in the bookcase? I'm a little bit ashamed <laughs> yeah. that I purchased Bachelor Nation for Kindle. Um, so she, she has so much behind the scenes. She's an uber Bachelor fan. Mm-hmm. She wanted to be the contestant, right? Mm-hmm. She got so much dirt that ABC, like they have pictures of her by the door. She's not so allowed she's in. been on the set. She's interviewed the crew and and yeah. so on. Okay, and the producers, the contestants. Yeah. yeah. So here's one of the I've I, I've learned so many exciting things about The Bachelor. Um, so let me just tell you this first thing: they they hire um, they hire people to work as producers, and they bonus these producers a hundred dollars. For certain things, cash money, which is pretty amazing. So let me give you an example of what you can get bonused for. Um, you can get bonused on The Bachelor if you can make a contestant cry. That's worth 100 bucks cash right in your hand if you can get tears. Um, you get $100 if um, you can get The Bachelor to make out with the girl that the, that the uh, executive producer wants him making out with on camera. 100 wow. bucks for that. How manipulative is that? If you can catch one of the girls vomiting on camera, boom, a hundred bucks. And the producer, uh, I, I would show them last year's Bachelorette. the The executive producer walks around with a roll of crisp new one hundred dollar bills, and as soon as you deliver on one of these, he pulls it out of his pocket, peels it off, and hands it it's to like you. It's like a pimp. It's like a pimp. Yeah. So it's not like. Oh, if you can make her cry, you'll get a hundred bucks, and then it never really happens. Yeah, cash money in your right hand, there. right there, right there. If you are the bachelorette, tell tell everybody how this got started. Though you you discovered that there are producers who follow the girls around. We talked and, about and this dis, and discover when their menstrual cycles are, so they're a little more emotional. We talked about this on yesterday's show. Um, there are crew members who first all the women live in the same house, so everybody's cycle syncs up. And there are crew members whose job it is, is to track the women as they go through PMS and get camera crews on them at the first sign of um, bloating 
or emotional behavior. I see a $100 bill coming out. If you're chosen to be the bachelorette, the first thing the network does, ABC hires you a personal trainer and that you get a $350,000 wardrobe budget. What? And you get to keep all the clothes because they're all custom tailored. 350, how could that be? Emily, Emily Maynard's season when Emily was the yeah. bachelorette. She's so beautiful. They went way over budget. The, the stylists were like dying to dress her. Mm. But one of the other bachelorette contestants said, the clothes are great and they're custom tailored just for you, but you're also in the best shape of your life. And those clothes don't fit about 10 minutes after the show ends. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So yeah. anyway, I would like to, would you like me to read to you uh-huh. from Bachelor Nation? Oh, yeah. Um, and this counts, kids, as your literacy points for today. Right. Um, this is what's in the contract that you sign if you're a contestant on The Bachelor. This is directly from the book. Okay, first off, and this seems obvious, you must agree to be filmed up to 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But this may also be by means of hitting cameras and microphones, according to the contract, meaning you're likely to be caught at some point in a less than positive light. The contract says, quote, you should have no expectation of privacy. Furthermore, because this is a reality show, you must acknowledge that elements of surprise will be included. You must be prepared for anything, including twists and surprises. Producers or others connected to the show may intentionally or unintentionally make misrepresentations or omissions concerning the show. And that translates in regular people talk to. They can mislead to you and lie to you, and that's okay. They can you sign the contract. Yep. Mm-hmm. Here's a clause that's written in the contract in all caps. When you sign it, you say, quote, I understand, acknowledge, and agree that the producer may use or reveal personal information, which may be embarrassing, unfavorable, shocking, humiliating, disparaging, and or derogatory, may subject me to public ridicule and or condemnation and may portray me in a false light. Boy, they got the lawyers involved with this one, did you one, see what they? you just agreed to? Yeah, yeah. Um, during production... This, this is how much some people want to be on TV and get a period of fame. Yeah, that you'll that sign that. They'll, they'll sign something like that. That, I mean, it basically says public ridicule or condemnation i mean look what you're getting lies it says here um you may suffer emotional and mental distress as a result of your portrayal on the show but you agreed to that you signed off on Mm -hmm. it you will be expected to engage in strenuous physical activity on dates and this is stuff anyone who's watched the bachelor seen. ready hiking wading swimming diving parasailing water skiing water sports water activities skydiving snow skiing ice skating rollerblading other physical activities yet to be determined you may be a passenger in a watercraft land vehicle helicopter or small plane suck it up you may be in close physical proximity contestants who exhibit physical or verbal aggression deal with it and then it goes on and on and on. You know, that was written by a guy who at one point in his career wanted to be a federal judge, but ended up having to do this so, contract. So one more thing, and then then I'll read you the contestant synopses. They're so degrading. Uh-huh. That big, beautiful Neil Lane diamond ring. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. You don't own it. It has to sit on your finger for two years before it's yours. In other words, you have to stay married. Yeah. So all and if those, you don't, it comes back. All those broken bachelor yeah, engagements. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. The jewelry back comes the back. Yeah. All right, straight ahead. What the producers say about the contestants. 
Bachelor Nation. I'm so ashamed. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. All right, I don't watch The Bachelor. I hate watch The Bachelor. And I hate purchased Bachelor Nation. And I'm reading it in the cover of Darkness with great shame. But it is a fantastic book because it goes way inside the reality of reality TV. And I, you might want to think twice before you sign off to be a contestant on The Bachelor. All right, bring it on. Um, the author, Amy Kaufman, said, I got my hands on one of the binders filled with annotated bios from Jesse Palmer's season. He was the fifth Bachelor, an NFL quarterback who's gone on to work on Good Morning America. So I think if you watch The Bachelor, you'll remember Jesse. Mm-hmm. Okay. She changed the names of the contestants because she said they've suffered enough. But mm-hmm. here's the bio for Jamie, 21 years old. Seems very young and immature, sorority chickish. Wants to find love on TV and have a $4 million wedding. Let's get her in the house because she'll drive the other girls crazy and the other girls will definitely annoy her. Very producible. This one comes with strings, as in like a puppet. She sounds, whoever wrote that sounds like Cruella DeVille. Brittany, age 25. Fragile as glass, nervous during interview. Nervous, too self-conscious, indecisive. Whole experience puts things into perspective. She never gets emotional, but she's crying now. Crying in interview. Challenge living with other girls in one house. The other girls are not going to like her. Now, so, of course, they put her they on They put her TV. in, yeah. So, they put all, all of the girls that you're describing get in the show. Yeah. They've been in the show. All right, go ahead. Next one. Allie, 26. Jewish. Gets prettier the longer you watch her. First love ended up cheating on her. Get this. All in caps, three exclamation points. Says she's been through a lot of, of things in her life, but doesn't say what. Get more about this. Is, the, is this, are these the words of the fir- first producer you were talking about who was a woman? I don't know which, this is a producer. Yeah. I don't know which producer. Yeah. So when they check into the uh, Sheraton in Agora Hills, which mm-hmm. is closer to the Bachelorette Mansion, they have to hand over anything with an on-off switch. Cell phones, tablets, laptops. Then they confine them to their hotel rooms while streams of producers come by and introduce themselves. They isolate them. That gets everybody focused and they start fantasizing about the man or woman they're about to meet. And it's it's like almost what the police do when to, they're interrogating. Suspects. Yeah, right. To suspects, yeah. And it just goes on from there. And uh, later, because we're out of time, because we, we have the People's Movie Critic coming up with Red Sparrow, maybe next week I will take you inside the mansion and let me just warn you, bring your hand sanitizer. <laughs> Is it, is it always the same? Because I don't watch the show. Because it is skank-tastic. Is, is it always the same mansion? So it, it's the one place that they go to? I don't, you know what? I don't know. Like I said, I hate watch it. Yeah. I, I will, Sherry, Sherry I looked over at me it. like I might know. Yeah. <laughs> Let's call your mother and father. I think watched, they watch I've it. I've only watched they? it with I, my mother. I, yeah. I skim through it for the moment when they're dangling from an, a helicopter with yeah. their teeth on a rope. Yeah. You're the man for me. I just really <laughs> love you. So I don't know where they're living. All right. People's yeah, that's movie shocking. critic. Isn't that Bachelor Nation, y'all. You're listening to the best of Bob and Sherry. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Sherry's. I don't believe this shit. 
A phone scammer calling himself Officer John Black from the Social Security Agency called a police captain in Apex, North Carolina and threatened her, demanded she hand over her bank details, and then said she'd been charged with drug trafficking, money laundering to the tune of $10 million, and said in 45 minutes, police are going to come to your location to arrest you. And she went with it and recorded it. And here we go. I'm sorry, could you repeat that again? S-T-E-V-E-N-S. Can you verify me or whom I address? No, I'm not going to give you my address. If you have my file on me, you should know what my address is. Ms. Stevens, you need to understand one thing over here. I have your file in front of me, and there are several allegations under your name, and there is an arrest warrant on your name. Are you aware about it? There are legal enforcement agencies involved in this case. So before we go ahead and give out the complete information to you, I need you to verify me with the last four digit number of your social security so I can confirm that the details are given to the right person. I'm not going to confirm my social security number with you. There are some serious allegations under your name. So if you think you're trying to place money over this recorded call, you can please hang up the line. Okay, so a sheriff's deputy is going to come here and arrest me? Absolutely. For, for what? There's some serious allegations. What are they going to arrest me for? Allegations under your name. Okay, but for the investigation report under your social security number, there are seven allegations found under your name. And that was it. <laughs> and she's sitting at her desk at the police station in <laughs> uniform taking this call. I'll post the video of the full call. It goes on. I think we've all been there, right? I mean, that is something that just about every adult has experienced. Two weeks ago, I was getting a call from somebody with the so-called Social Security Agency four mm-hmm. or five times a day, every right. day for a week. Block, 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 block. Then it stopped. So I don't know if I finally blocked enough numbers for them to give up on me. Have you had those calls, Shane? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, they're not all from social... Uh, none of them are from the Social Security Administration. Let's just be clear about that. They don't, they don't call you on the phone. And uh, the IRS doesn't either, by the way. They send you letters. But just about everybody has experienced it. And where it gets dicey is when they hit an older adult who perhaps the fastball is not quite there anymore and they're living alone or whatever and they're frightened and they hear something about the authorities and they give it up just please tell nana and people they're never going to get a call from the social security administration asking for any personal information i have gotten so um bad with calls that even when i get a legitimate call i find that i have Mm -hmm. zero patience Mm -hmm. None. I know what you mean. Because I'm so used to being sold and scammed and scammed and sold that right. even when someone calls, hi, we're calling to confirm Karamia's dentist appointment. Really? Is that what you're doing? You're calling me to confirm Karamia's dentist appointment. Like I'm a total lunatic, crazy person. I've now. done the same thing. I'll take a look at the number and the number looks suspicious. But let's say it's a guy who's going to come over and fix the refrigerator, right? But I'm looking at it and it's it says Flagstaff, Arizona. So I go, hello. Yeah, you're all aggravated. Yeah, is this Bob? Yes, yes, it's Bob. And who is this asking for Bob? 
Uh, this is the uh, Emerson Refrigerator Fixing Company. Oh, is it? Oh, oh, is it really? <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, nice to hear from you. you. You have to bring it right down just like that. I have a really hard time switching <laughs> gears. I'm like, oh, so you're my mother. <laughs> Really? So you say. Really? You're my mother. <laughs> Calling me on the phone. Was it a difficult birth? <laughs> <laughs> what time was I born, yeah. Mom? <laughs> it's awful. When is somebody going to get an app that can 100% detect these things? I just saw something that, you know, the uh, was it the FTC... Uh, the FCC, the FDA, I don't know. Some F is cracking down on these scammer callers. But I'm here to tell you the F isn't big enough or strong enough because they have not slowed down for me. No, I, I read that same article and there, there's... Yeah, yeah right. they've, they've investigated some group that and they've closed them down. But there's always going to be some bad guys out there trying to scam you. There are- Th- that one that you just played is hysterical to me because the guy is so obviously in Bombay, India. Which, you know, people can work for any entity coming from anywhere. That doesn't necessarily mean you're not legitimate. But if he could know that he had called a police captain in <laughs> yeah, uniform. Yeah, I know. I Wait know. till you see the video. And she's she's holding her phone and just laughing. Right. Because she some, knows he's walking right into the at trap. At some point along the line, she says, a sheriff's deputy's going to come and arrest me? Yeah, I know <laughs> Why? Why? Uh, what am I going to be arrested for? I'll get it posted. It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry books, swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. Bob, unlike many of the women who have been in your life, I recognize mm-hmm. that you have needs, that you're a manimal, you know? Yes, I am. You're you're not just a walking paycheck who signs no. a house purchasing documents. No, that's right. You're not just... You're not just here to pick up the check and no. make other people happy. You're a man. No. No. You're a human man. And you have needs. And some of those needs include being fed. And I want you to be fed. I want you to eat all damn day. I want you to have a feed bag strapped around your neck like Mr. Ed. Okay. But if you don't stop chewing right into my headphones, <laughs> I'm going to come over there. And I'm going to kill you with my hands. Do you understand me? I've got to work. I've got to eat. What can I tell you? All right. Let me make a note. You- no, no more English muffins. Too crunchy. Oh, no. You Is can there- eat them. No, Just eat, eat them. the English muffin. Just do Does it, it have to be in the microwave? It's like he's like, hang on. Let me get this Thomas English muffins. Do you see the nooks and crannies? Let me get it toasted up real too. good. I thought it Let was just Let me bring it right headphones. to the microphone. I thought it was just in my headphones. I apologize very much. Thanks, thanks, by the way, for bringing up all the things that women have done to me over the years. You know, that was that was a nice little trip down memory lane. I want you to be happy, and I want you to eat. I'll buy the food. I, no, it's, it's fine. I'm just going to eat soft food from now on. That's fine. <laughs> That's just fine. Just don't I don't even have phone. I don't even have that disorder where hearing people chew Misophonia. fills you with rage. Yeah, but I'm developing it. <laughs> it's called misophonia. Yeah. I thought that's what I suffered from. Misophonia. <laughs> you do. <laughs> <laughs> Tip your waiters. He's here all day. <laughs> misophonia. Oh, misophonia. <laughs> Sorry. I'm dying.
<laughs> me try, me try to be real, but misophonia. <laughs> You're listening to the best of Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. Um, I came across this uh, really cool thing. It's, it was built out of different TED Talks. It's the five-day gratitude challenge. Are you ready? Yeah. Because um, How they, does it work? Well, here's, here's the bottom line. The strongest, most consistent ingredient for happiness, people that describe their lives as happy and fulfilling and satisfied are people with a tremendous amount of gratitude. So it's the secret sauce, right? If you have it. no gratitude in your life, you're going to be a miserable old I, thing. I believe okay. that. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. Challenge number one, five-day gratitude challenge. Every single day, take a photo of something that you're grateful for. Now, it doesn't have to be a big deal. Maybe you're grateful because the sky is blue today. Maybe you're grateful because you saw a beautiful horse on your way to work or whatever or a plant you a planted plant. something yeah it could be it could be your your baby laughing whatever yeah, it is i like Take that. a picture of something every single day and one of the ted talk people said that who she said that one of the things that she was struggling with was her husband she said he wasn't romantic he didn't take her on dates he never bought her flowers he never did any of like the standard romantic husband things right and so one day she was trying to figure out what should she do for her daily gratitude photo. Mm -hmm. And she said, quote, I was looking around the room and I saw my husband serving dinner. And from the corner of my eye, I watched as he put the biggest piece of pie on my plate. And I was like, whoa, he was doing that every day. He was putting me fully first, but I wasn't seeing it because I wasn't looking at it that way. You know, that's so interesting that we do have people that are doing lovely things for us, but we either take it for granted because they've been doing it for so long or whatever the reason is. Or we're expecting one thing and completely missing another everything yeah. else. Mm -hmm. So what do you think? A photograph every day of something that you're grateful yeah, for. Yeah, I think that's a very good idea and very easy to do. I'm going to start that today, I think. I'm going to do that today. Okay, right. um, next up, in your challenge number two, and this will be, this will be one for you because you have a lot of challenges when you're out in the world. Things happen to you. Crazy things happen to you. Um, in your transactions with cashiers or bank tellers or baristas, no matter who it is, take the time to look them in the eye and say thank you. Yeah. Even uh, when they're asking you know, for your email address to buy gum. Look them I, right I actually in the am. I am much nicer with, with folks like that than you might think. I, I go out of my way by saying thank you for helping me. No, I even, know you're nice. Even to people nice. on the phone, if they've helped me. I know you're nice. It's just that things happen to you out yeah. in the world. Well, I mean, there. Are, sometimes I'm probably not going to say thank you. Well, not in the moment. Not in the Maybe moment. Maybe later you'll reflect on it. Okay, gratitude challenge number three. Mm -hmm. Put up gratitude stop signs in your life. So here's what that means, according to this TED Talk, named by a, a Benedictine monk and spiritual teacher, named David Steindl Rast. Now, if you're not going to listen to a Benedictine monk and spiritual teacher, I, mm -hmm. I can't help you. Right. But here's what he said. Um, we all know a number of people who have everything, and they're not happy because they want something else or they want more of the same that they have. And we all know lots of people who have misfortune, misfortune that we ourselves wouldn't want to have, but they are deeply happy. Why? Because they're grateful. It's not happiness that makes us grateful. It's gratefulness that makes us happy. So 
he believes, Brother Steindl Rast believes that being grateful um, is as easy as crossing the street, and it consists of the th- same three steps. Stop, look both ways, and then go. But he said, how often do you stop in your life and look both ways and yeah. go? Yeah. He said, we have to get quiet, and we have to build stop signs into our lives. And he gave an example in his TED Talk. He said, when I was in Africa years ago and then came back, I noticed water. In Africa, where I was, I didn't have drinkable water. Every time I turned on the faucet after I returned home, I was overwhelmed. Every time I clicked on the light, I was so grateful. It made me so happy. But after a while, this wears off. So I put little stickers on the light switch and on the water faucet. But I'll leave it up to your imagination. You find whatever works best for you. But you need stop signs in your life to remind you to appreciate and be grateful. You know what I think is going to be tough for some folks? I don't think so much for me. So many folks just have their faces buried on screens, looking at screens, and you're not going to see the flower you might be able to take a picture of that you just you walk look by. Up. You have to put that, that phone down. This is one of the things that, that I've gone by hiking that I've gone out that I've mm-hmm. noticed because it slows you down to the point that you're not moving at the speed of a car. Mm-hmm. You have to go slowly and you see things that you... There's like little flowers and stuff that grow in the winter that you didn't even know were there before. Exactly. We had, it snowed the one time and I went with a friend of mine and he and I were looking on this black cloth that we had at all the different ways that the snow pellets looked and we were just amazed by it. But if I, I miss that stuff most of the time. Because you're just zipping by it. Yeah, that's right. And it's not just having our faces and screens. The We're always in a hurry. Like our lives, we're just rushing through our lives. What are we rushing toward? Mm -hmm. You're right. We're rushing toward death. Why are we doing that? Like slow down. It makes perfect sense. So let's pause here. Uh, There are two more um, gratitude challenges. And even if you just did one of these things consistently, I wonder if at the end of 2020... If you would feel like you were a different person. All right, we'll come back with more of the five-day gratitude challenge. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. We're talking about gratitude right here. If you're just joining us, we're talking about uh, the five-day gratitude challenge. And there are five different things you can do. I don't think anyone's asking you to do all five of these. I mean, you have to go to work at some point. But um, if you pick just one of these and, and stuck with it for the whole year, how might your life be different at the end of the year? So challenge number one is take a, mo- a photo every single day of something you're thankful for. Challenge number two, in all of your daily interactions with people, cashiers and bank tellers and baristas and all strangers, take a moment to look them in the eye and thank them. Uh, challenge three is from a Benedictine monk. Gratitude stop signs. Like put put little stickers or notes or reminders of the things that you have to be grateful for. Like, remember how hard you worked for that new car that you're driving now? The, the new car that you don't even, that doesn't even make you excited or happy anymore? Exactly. Like, take a moment and go, I really wanted this for a long time and now I have it. And it's so much nicer than what we had when I was a kid. Now, this next one, I, I don't feel that you're going to want this, Bob. Uh, write a eulogy for a loved one while they're still alive and get yeah, it Yeah, I don't want to do that. Um, you don't want to do it or receive it. No, yeah. I definitely don't want to receive it. And I, I don't want to do that. I don't know. That would make me uncomfortable. Although I will admit this. There have been two or three people in my life who were elderly people who I thought about, who I admired. And I thought, you know, if I were to, if, if they were to pass, I could speak 
at their service. And I would say this. You know what might be a cool thing to do? To put that in a note. Not say, I've been thinking about you dying. (laughs) See, this is a tricky area. you, You say, like, let's say it's somebody that you worked with who's retired and not, you know. Yeah. So you write to that person, dear Jim. Um, I know this might seem out of the blue, but I was thinking of you and I don't know that I ever told you what an impact you made on me or how much I learned from you or blah. Like, why couldn't you do that? You could. I wish I had done that that with my former father-in-law who is now passed on. Um, he was not a perfect man. None of us are, but he was a guy and, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I never heard the man talk trash or gossip. About one person. No, he was in a, twenty years. He was a really old school kind Very of Very much so. Yeah. And you're right, I should have written him. You know, after, you know, the divorce, I didn't see him very much. But now don't beat yourself up over, oh, Bob, I should have done that. I'm a horrible person. Don't do that. Well, I didn't say I was a horrible person. Go I mean, forward. I just I just all I said was, <laughs> Why'd you go there? Boy, that was a rush to go forward and maybe pick one of these people. Okay. Yeah. And, and write them a letter. Okay. And then the fifth one is be honest about the thanks you would like to hear from people in your life. Like, you know how sometimes you're able to ask for what you want from someone or you're able to ask for help, mm-hmm. but be honest about the thanks that you want to hear. And one of the Ted talk speakers um, said, I knew a gentleman, he's been married for 25 years. Who's been waiting 25 years to say, to hear his wife say, Thank you for being the breadwinner and such a great provider. So I've been able to be home with our kids. Mm -hmm. He knows she feels it, Mm -hmm. but she's never said it. So if there's a specific kind of thank you that you really need to hear from someone, Mm -hmm. maybe you could find. How do you, how do you push someone to do that? I, you know, it almost is self-defeating if they don't really bring it to the table. It's, I don't want to have to ask for it. And I have been in the situation that you're talking about. And you, you oh, do. I have too. You, you, uh, you yearn for it, not because you want to you know, build yourself up, but you just want to know, you care that much about me to tell me that. It would just be nice for, to have your effort recognized. My wife does that for me. I have that in my life now. She says words like, thank you so much for giving us the life and she's talking about she and her children giving us a better life than we had before now and how does that make you feel terrific and by the way she's no slouch she she could she doesn't need a guy really but you know her life and their life is better because of me and look how makes me it made me feel like a million look how meaningful that was yeah a million bucks and you want you want to give something back you didn't need to ask her for that because right. she watched your life and right. knew that was something you'd yeah. never heard. I'll yeah. post this on Facebook so you can check it out. Okay, everybody. You've got the best. Hi, hello, radio. The best of Bob and Sherry. Use the Talk Back feature, Talk Back feature. on the free Bob and Sherry app and leave us a message. All right, let's catch up with um, what the people are thinking on our Talk Back. It's the free app. It's in the App Store. It's in Google Play. It does all sorts of cool things. If you've never listened to the Bob and Sherry Oddcast, that's what we do when we're not talking into the microphone. It's stuff that we can't do on the regular show for all kinds of reasons. And if you have the app, it'll automatically load it and put it in the palm of your hand one click away. There's a little microphone at the bottom of the screen. You can tap it and talk. Words fly through air, land on top of Max. 
So hey, this is Ann Rivers, and I just want in Northeast Harbor, Maine, and I just wanted to say that cats can absolutely love riding cars. Um, I uh, hand raise kittens um, that are orphans, and they all love going for rides in the car. I have a friend who adopted one of my cats and um, took a uh, got a ride from Maine to Florida for the winter and took her cat with her with a harness. And um, I had photos all the way along of the cat with a harness on a picnic bench and, you know, cat looking out the window and all this stuff. So the reason that cats don't like going in cars is that we don't accustom, we aren't accustomed to having them want to do that. So if you start them off young and we get over our thing of, oh no, cats don't like to travel, they absolutely love going with us. They love traveling. They love being in hotels, seeing new things, smelling new stuff. So go for it. I don't like the look on your face, Bob Lisa. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, to be honest, I'm just thinking about that. I, you just don't ever see a cat in a car. I'm telling you, my friend Cindy takes her cat for bye-byes every day. He lives for it lives to go for bye-byes in the car the cat hears you want to go in the car here's those words and the cat perks up like a dog the cat hears the jingling of keys and races to the door Hmm. you know what we're gonna call my friend cindy hang on let me see if she's let me see if she's around all right, hang on, I'm going to talk to this you. Is what, this we is had, what we called a, an audience right holder. Hey, coming up, we're going to talk about going bye-byes right with a cat and, and Sherry's friend. <laughs> I heard this. I knew you'd love it. Oh, my God. Anne <laughs> lives in one of the most beautiful towns in America, Northeast Harbor, Maine. I took you there for uh, yeah for lunch had, with the crew many, many at the Dockcider restaurant. I've... um. You know, the only thing I've missed in Maine with you, because we've been there many, many times, shout out to all of our listeners in the beautiful state. Um, the only thing I've missed is actually going on your Maine vacation with you, because you've showed me Southwest Harbor, Northeast Harbor. Yeah. We've been all over. Yeah, that's right. Um, we've got another listener who um, wants to thank you or, or say give you props for being right about something. Hi, Bob and Jerry. This is Christina calling from Maine. And I was just listening to the wet blanket section of today's episode. And you can count me in as one of those people who didn't know you could get pretty badly burnt, even in the fog, on a cruise ship with very, very minimal sun in the shade. I feel like I should know this could have happened because I am a very pale redhead and I definitely should have seen this coming. Thank you for doing the show. You guys are so awesome. Boy, we're getting a lot of action out of uh, vacation land today. That's that's what. What was that animal in the background? Were those birds? Did you hear it? At first, Uh, I thought it was a cat meowing. I I guess it's a bird. Those birds. Did you not hear anything after she said, Bob, you're right? Did did everything (laughs) else just kind of fizzle out for you? I wouldn't say fizzled out, but. uh, Kind of went into the background. She had such a cute voice. I've got another one. All right. Hey, this is. This is Joe from uh, North Carolina, and uh, <clears throat> I'm kind of uh, what? Come on, Joe. I'm not with it right now, just because I was going through Wendy's, <clears throat> right. grabbed a chili, and I paid with it an exact change, and uh, remember to get my chili and all that. Driving uh, two minutes later, listen to you guys, and Bob was talking about how he didn't have any performance issues, and Max started laughing and. At that exact moment, I had just sipped a little bit of chili, and then when you said that, you know when you laugh and you have milk 
you just took a sip of milk and it just comes through your nose. Well, that happened with me with chili. And, man, thank you, Bob, for getting my windshield all dirty. I <clears throat> have to take a napkin and clean this up. Oh, sorry. All right. Have a good day, man. Oh, wow. Joe, chili through the nose. Wendy's chili through your nose. You know, that'll clear him up good, though. You know, yeah. if you have any science, any uh, sinus, sinus issues. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Chili through the nose. Mm-mm-mm. What, how did we get on Bob's performance issues that made Joe, Joe snort chili? Why well, let me I first say that? that Bob doesn't have any performance <laughs> well, issues. he said that. <laughs> I can't re- I don't know where that came from. I mean, it was probably a double entendre. Hopefully. Yeah. What do you mean? Hey, help a brother out here a little bit. I don't know what we could have been talking about. Now I got to call my wife while you call your friend with the cats. Um... You know what? She just texted me back. All what did right. she say? No one go anywhere. We're going to talk to Cindy about going for bye-byes with her cat. Oh. And we're going to do oh. it next. The Bob and Sherry Show ratings through the ceiling. Hey, National Association of Broadcasters, I hope you're listening. That's right. It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry books, swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. From Entrepreneur Magazine, five daily habits self-made millionaires use to grow their wealth. These are self-made millionaires, five daily habits. So let's very quickly do it. Now, the first one, it starts with mindset. Uh, Nobody's going to do that. So let's just throw that out. Uh, Except that Rome wasn't built in the day. And yeah, fine. Investigate like it's your job. I'm probably not going to do that. And it's not like what you see on TV. All right. Let's focus on number three. Looks don't matter as much as you think. In The Millionaire Next Door, the authors explain that most self-made millionaires drive used cars, live in average neighborhoods, wear average price clothing and watches, and are very careful with their money. In addition, only a few of them spend money on things like boats, recreational vehicles, second homes, personal airplanes, well, who's buying that, or expensive vacations. Being rich has a specific look and feel. Wealth has no obvious aesthetic. What that means is if you see somebody walking around with what looks to be a $30,000 Rolex on his or her wrist, they may not have a cent in the bank. So if you're starting from nothing, what you have to do is control your money and at an early age, if possible, start saving and start investing. That's all I can take away from this thing, and I think it's the most important thing right now. And I'm directing this to uh, to people who are millennials and Gen Zers. Start early, and if you can, take the take the cheaper vacation, and don't you don't have to have the most expensive car with your group of friends. Would you agree to that? Where do you come around here with this common sense? Next, you'll be talking about <laughs> you know flossing and having enough life insurance. Yeah. Yeah, Nobody no. wants to hear a bit of that. Yeah. If you can do it. And, and and that book, The Millionaire Next Door, I've never read it, but it's been around a long time. There must be something to it. It's Bob and Cherry. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. See you some other time. You've been listening to the best of Bob and Sherry. Be sure to check out our website, bobandsherry.com. Download our free app, too. Get the odd cast, the podcast, and Bob and Sherry fun size instantly. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast, the Oddcast, and Talking Lamar. We would love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review, and maybe share it with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again so much for listening. Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.